0: She was a showbiz star on the rise in the 1940s, poised to follow the success of fellow young Filipino actresses like Mila Del Sol and Carmen Rosales. Sadly, her stay in the limelight wouldn't last nearly as long as the others. This is the story of Lilian Velez, who was murdered inside her house along with one of her household maids by an embittered former leading man. Listener discretion is advised due to the graphic nature of this story. Lilian Vélez was born on March 3, 1924, in the Visayan province of Cebu. She had three brothers, Diodoro, Cecilio, and Jose, and two sisters, Gloria and Aida, and Lilian grew up with them in a very musical household. Lilian's mother, Concepcion Cananea, was a popular singer in Cebu, while her father, Manuel Vélez, was a musician and composer who owned the Santa Cecilia music store in Cebu City. Lillian herself had a beautiful soprano voice, and being in Cebu at a time when Cebuano Theatre was gaining popularity, she was drawn not just to music and singing, but also performing on stage as an actress. In the mid-1930s, Lillian won an amateur singing contest on the radio, which was the start of a singing career that would see her popularize one of her father's songs, Sakabukiran. Lillian then pursued acting, and she was given her break with her first big-screen role in the 1939 film Naglahong Tambana. The following year in 1940, she starred in the Lamberto Avellana movie Inday, and the year after that in the Carlos Vander Tolosa film Binibiro Lamang Kita, where Lillian worked for the first time with child star Bernardo Narting Anzures, son of actors Miguel Anzures and Rosa Aguirre. When the Philippines fell under Japanese occupation in 1942, filmmaking was put to a stop all over the country, which allowed Lillian to focus on starting a family. Years earlier, she had won the heart of Jose Joe Climaco, who managed the radio station that sponsored the singing contest that earned her fame. The two married in 1942 when Lillian was 18 years old, and the couple had a daughter named Vivian. After the Japanese finally surrendered to the Philippines in 1945, filmmaking in the country immediately resumed, and Lillian promptly returned to acting. Her husband Joe, who had studied filmmaking in Hollywood, directed G.I. Fever, the first movie that Lillian took part in after the war. Lillian's acting career really took off with Sakabukiran, the 1947 film directed by her husband inspired by the same song Lillian's father Manuel had composed and which Lillian popularized years prior. The film had her working again with Nardine Anzures who by then was already past his teens and was paired with Lillian to be her leading man. Their on-screen chemistry worked for both the producers and the audience, so they were paired again that same year for the movie Ang Estudiante, which also had Anzuras' actor parents as co-stars. Lillian by this time was a big hit in the country, with her recording of the song Sa having sold a million copies. Her next project could then only get bigger, and this was in the form of the 1948 Richard Abelardo film Encantada, produced by LVN Pictures, the country's biggest film production company at the time. Lillian shared top billing with celebrated actress Lilia Tizon, but Lillian's leading man was no longer Anzures, as LVN had decided to cast another young actor, Jaime de la Rosa, for the role. This casting decision caused severe distress in Anzures, and it would end up having fatal consequences. It was around 2 a.m. on June 26, 1948, a Saturday when the arrival of police officers woke up the residents of Pulog Street, Santa Mesa Heights. Prowlers gathered in front of the Klimako house as uniformed men investigated the crime scene inside. The living room floor was littered with overturned furniture and broken glass ornaments. In the middle was a trail of blood that led to one of the bedrooms where the 24-year-old Lillian Velez lay face down just beneath the bed. Her arms were stretched before her as if reaching for the bed, and on her bloody back was the stab wound that ended her life. In another bedroom was the body of a young household maid named Pasita who had just started working for the Climacos three days earlier. She had also been stabbed at the back, and her body was sprawled on the floor near the window, with her mouth open and her face distorted in agony. According to another household maid named Nenita, the culprit was none other than Nardine Anzures, who had identified himself as he kept knocking on the front door at a little past midnight. He kept calling for Lillian, and Nenita almost let him in, but her mistress ordered her to ignore him and instead bring Lillian's four-year-old daughter Vivian inside Ninita's bedroom with her. As Nanita locked herself in her bedroom with Vivian, Anzures lost his patience and pulled out an army hunting knife, which he used to slash open the wire screen of the front door. He squeezed himself through the opening to gain entry to the house, at which point Lillian confronted him and they had a heated argument in the living room. Anzures forced himself upon Lillian, causing her to scream. After struggling for a bit, Lillian was able to get away from Anzures, but as she was running toward the bedroom, Anzures took out his knife again and plunged it into her back. Anzures then heard shouts for help coming from another room, so he ran toward the noise and found Basita, the maid in one of the bedrooms. Anzures quietly approached from behind, hit her on the nape with the hilt of his knife, and then stabbed her on the back. Anzuras sought out the other occupants of the house and found them locked inside the bedroom that Lillian had run into. Realizing that he had committed murder, Anzuras fled the scene by escaping through one of the windows of an adjacent room. Lillian's husband Joe, who had not been at home, arrived at the crime scene at 3.20am. Wading through the crowd of bystanders and police officers, he found their maid Nenita at the doorway and she told him what had happened. Speechless, he looked for his daughter Vivian, whom he found in one corner looking at him with a blank expression. Vivian, who spoke only English, said, "...Daddy, Nardin killed mommy." Joe was stunned for a moment, then he reached for a gun he had been carrying and tried to shoot himself with it. Luckily, there were nearby policemen who were able to wrest the weapon from his hand. Joe later told the police that he and Lillian had been living an ideal married life, According to him, Anzures was in love with his wife, but Lillian never encouraged his advances, and this might have been the motive that led to his commission of the crime. There's no information online on Joe's whereabouts at the time of the murder, but in the 1995 film The Lillian Vela Story, Till Death Do Us Part, that was made based on the events of that night, Joe was portrayed as playing sad music on an organ at a bar presumably called Cielito, while taking a sip of alcohol from time to time. An alarm was raised all over the country for the arrest of Anzures, who had multiple witnesses to his crime. One of those was a neighbor named Nera, who had been awakened by a noise coming from the Clímaco home and saw Lillian and Anzures struggling through the screened windows of the house. Police officers headed south, accompanied by Anzures' father Miguel, but they wouldn't find the wanted actor, as he had already fled hours ahead of them. Anzures had apparently hailed the cab being driven by a man named Cornelio de Guzman, who was cruising along Espana Street when Anzures hailed him. De Guzman recognized the actor, who was walking like he was drunk, but he didn't notice the blood on his clothes, so de Guzman drove him as instructed to a house in Pasay City. Anzures requested for de Guzman to wait for him while he knocked at the door of the house, but after failing to get a response from within the residence, he returned to the cab and asked de Guzman to help him knock on the door. De Guzman alighted and Anzures asked him for his keys so he can back the car up for him to a more convenient position. Trusting that a celebrity like Anzures couldn't possibly have any ill intentions towards him, the Guzman complied but as he knocked at the door of the house, Anzures drove away in the cab. Anzures headed south to Calauan Laguna, where he asked a friend to hide him, but this friend said he had no place to do so. So Anzures drove to Santa Cruz, another municipality in Laguna, where he was able to get help from a friend named Delfin. The following morning on June 27, Anzures' murder of the actress Lillian Vélez was all over the news. Anzures, who had still been using the cab he had stolen, was easily recognizable to the townspeople of Santa Cruz but none of them attempted to report him to the authorities. Delphine, however, after some contemplation, decided to turn his friend over to the mayor of Santa Cruz, and so at 7.15 a.m. that day, Anzuras was finally taken into police custody. In front of Quezon City fiscal Jose F. Fernandez, Anzuras confessed to the gruesome murder of the actress Lilian Vélez and her housemaid Pasita, but through his legal counsel tried to make a plea for insanity. He said that he held no grudge against the Climacos, who were very good friends of his, particularly Lilian, but he was under a, quote, fantastic spell, end quote, when he committed the crime. During the preliminary investigation, Anzudas' father Miguel apologized to Joe Klimako for his son's actions, but Joe with cold steely eyes only stared at him and everybody in the room. Fearing that an altercation might ensue, the fiscal advised Joe that his presence at the proceedings wasn't really necessary, but Joe said he would like to stay so he could learn what really happened to his wife. The fiscal's fears were realized when Joe later lost control of himself and punched Anzures. The actor said to Joe that he didn't know what he was doing at the time, but this explanation failed to calm Joe down. The tension between the two men only eased when Vivian asked his father where her mommy was. Joe just stooped sobbing, and the inquest at this point had to be suspended. The fiscal remanded the case to the court of first instance, And on July 19, 1949, a year after his crime, Bernardo Narding Anzures pleaded guilty to two murders. Judge Oscar Castello sentenced Anzures to two life sentences and ordered him to pay the heirs of his two victims 5,000 pesos per victim, which is more than half a million pesos or 10,000 US dollars per victim in today's money. Anzures was later pardoned by former Philippine President Elpidio Quirino. According to a 2008 Philippine Star article about Anzures' mother, Rosa Aguirre, Anzures was later committed to what is now the National Center for Mental Health. Two months after his release from the new Belibid prison, Anzures, still in his early 20s, died of tuberculosis, which he had contracted during his imprisonment. In the 1995 movie retelling these events, Anzures was portrayed as a spoiled and arrogant young man whom even his parents couldn't control. Though he seemed to have been a playboy in the film, he was shown to have become particularly obsessed with his leading lady, Lillian. But since he couldn't have her because of her marriage, he contented himself with being her leading man in their films. That is, until Elvian Pictures took that role away from him. In the movie, what finally led to Anzuras' conviction was the eyewitness testimony of Lillian's daughter, Vivian. She was asked in court who her mother's murderer was, and despite being terrified, the four-year-old stood up, approached Anzuras, and pointed to him. While the court scene might have been embellished for dramatic effect, the fact that Vivian had witnessed her mother's murder wasn't an exaggeration. She had taken a peek through the bedroom door, behind which she and Ninita had been hiding, and she saw the man she knew as Tito Narding plunge a knife into her mother. Joe Klimako was asked by LVN Pictures matriarch Doña Sisang to allow Vivian to become a child star. But Joe wanted to shield his daughter from show business, though he himself continued to direct films for LVN until 1959. He passed away two decades later in the early 1980s. Vivian ended up being an English teacher who worked for 10 years in Japan, where she got married and became Vivian Klimako Ocampo before returning to the Philippines. She taught for 27 years at the Xavier School in Green Hills, then she was invited to teach at the Learning Tree, an elementary school in Teacher's Village, Quezon City. As of this recording, she is now in her late 70s and is still teaching fifth grade at the same school. Not to be confused with the actress Vivian Veles, who became known as Philippine cinema's Miss Body Beautiful in the 1980s, Vivian Klimako-Ocampo dabbled in show business herself by appearing in bit roles in a few movies in the 1990s. Perhaps most notably, she appeared as herself in one of the last scenes of the Lillian Vélez story Till Death Do Us Part. In a TV interview that she did on the 90s chat show Showbiz Lingo, Vivian was asked how she was convinced by director Carlo J. Caparaz to take part in that movie. She said that she didn't need convincing at all. She was eager to do it as a way of showing her mother gratitude for saving her life. To support Stories After Dark, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also suggest cases or send personal stories to storiesafterdarkph at gmail.com and become an official patron at patreon.com slash storiesafterdark. All of the links are in the episode description. Thank you for listening.